If you're into designer furniture and you want the sofa that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends and all the quality, but without the designer prices. Check them out. Designer Looks at American Signature Furniture or designerlooks.com. Your favorite band's about to play a sold-out show. You got in. Over here. With a friend. And found a spot close enough to see the set list. They're definitely playing your song. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast, part of the Fantrax family. My name is Mung, and of course, you can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Hey, addicts, it's, it's FFA underscore Los. That's L-O-S. Welcome to another week of the podcast, week 10 preview coming in, finishing up week nine uh, as we are watching our Chicago Bears um, getting led by the Steelers. Can't, can't say I'm shocked. Uh, how you doing, Monk? I'm, uh, I'm sweating because last week you had a, an important showdown with super producer Dan, and this week I have a similar showdown, and I'm currently down about eight points with the Steelers' defense and Chris Boswell going, so... It's going to be a uh, a very nerve-wracking podcast recording. Right now is not the time to die, Mung. Hang in there. I'm actually very happy that they got stopped on third and one at the 28-yard line, and hopefully Boswell uh, kicks a field goal right here and makes it. There you go. Okay, take keep them down seven to three and pave the way for uh, or ten to ten to zero. Pave the way for that Bears recover or uh, uh, you know comeback. Indeed. So. Man, what a weird week of football to close out the first half of the NFL season. The Saints lose to the Falcons. The Bills lose to the Jaguars. It was like a glitch in the matrix where Josh (laughs) Allen can't produce when he's facing like himself. Um, That was crazy. And then, man, just a lot of crazy upsets. I I mean, what else was there? Yeah, Dallas looked absolutely awful coming out of their bye. We were hoping, you know, Dak Prescott would be 100% healthy, and it did not look that way. And then, of course, uh, you know, the Rams, too. Uh, We all, all, uh, none of us really truly believed that the Titans were for real, but uh, more and more they're showing us that perhaps they just might be. I don't know if uh, if that uh, Rams defense just looked straight through to the next week, expecting uh, Tennessee not to be able to do anything without Derrick Henry, but it certainly didn't work. Yeah, I saw an interesting stat where uh, the Rams, the Bills, the Cowboys, um, and what was it? The I'm mixing them up. Let me pull up the schedule. The Rams. Sure. The Bills. I don't know. Anyway, basically what I'm trying to say is uh, a lot of uh, NFC playoff bound teams lost. And you know who didn't lose this week because they were on bye? Oh, uh, well, there are a couple teams on bye. The Lions didn't lose, that's for sure. Is that who we're getting after? (laughs) Well, you're not wrong there, technically. But uh, (laughs) really, I think this just helps. It's the Buccaneers. I think I know who Mung's talking about. Come on. Indeed. And, uh, I mean, honestly, I'll I'll take it. It was a very strange week. Uh, Some of my fantasy teams suffered. Uh, My NFL bets certainly did not do so hot. But uh, we're on to the second half of the season, even after – this crazy week where everything was turned the upside down, but uh, you know, a, a lot of a lot of season left to go. It's on to next week. Yeah, we're on a week ten, and uh, before we get to the week ten game previews, we want to talk to you guys about Thrive Fantasy. Thrive offers DFS style contest on player props. It's super easy to play. You just pick ten out of twenty player props for the week with each one getting assigned a fantasy point value for the over and under based on how likely the outcome is. The more that you get right, uh, the bigger the payout. Thrive Fantasy has over $100,000 in weekly prizes, including their Sunday contest where first place wins $20,000. Sign up now with our promo code FFA and you'll receive an instant 100% deposit match of up to $100 for your first deposit, minimum $10. Check it out today on the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store, or you can play at thrivefantasy.com. That's T-H-R-I-V-E fantasy.com. 
right. One uh, one city that continues to thrive, the uh, Baltimore Maryland fans continue to thrive. Baltimore got that tough overtime win, uh, and they face Miami ten, uh, this week on Thursday. Um, should be a tad easier against Miami, of course. Um, Latavius Murray was inactive this week, so Freeman and Bell shared the load. Each scored a touchdown. There's definitely sneaky value in them when Murray's out, but I, I think we do expect him back this week. Uh, Murray would be the play over those running backs if healthy. Devontae Freeman's touchdown was on a very broken pass coverage. Uh, Lamar was by far the most effective rusher on the team. Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews are getting plenty of targets here, and uh, Rashad Bateman saw eight of his own though this was with a near full overtime period. Uh, I, I would hold off on him against what should not be a great Miami offense, not expecting to see uh, Baltimore need to uh, press press the issue so much, try and score so much. Would have been nice if Mark Andrews would have caught that, uh, that gimme touchdown, but what can you do? Yeah, there's a reason he's not quite in that elite tier of fantasy tight ends, but uh, we'll see if Latavius Murray can actually start to, to practice this week. He really didn't get any work in at all last week, and if he were to be out, I, I do think there's some touchdown upside here for both Devontae Freeman and Le'Veon Bell. Uh, the Ravens are also getting Nick Boyle back. They're blocking tight ends, so that shores up uh, their blocking scheme even more. So, yeah, I, I do expect them to score quite a few fantasy points and real-life points on the Dolphins. As for the Dolphins, it's very hard to know for sure what the game plan is going to be, depending, of course, uh, on uh, Tagovailoa and Parker's health. But as things stand, Gaskin should end the week as a, a running back, too, for as long as Malcolm Brown is out. Uh, Gasicki's a strong starting tight end, continuing to get touches uh, no matter who the quarterback is. And Waddle continues to rack up targets, which is great for PPR. Yeah, and Parker's on IR, so he won't be back. But the Dolphins have said that they expect Preston Williams back, so that'll help uh, whichever quarterback is under center. I do think that there's a decent chance that this could be a, a fairly high-scoring game. So um, depending on the availability of quarterbacks in your league, Tua and or Brissett might be worth a desperation start here. And I'm going to finish up by taking Baltimore on the road here. Yep, I will take Baltimore as well. That takes us into Sunday, the noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern slate, Atlanta at the Dallas Cowboys. Atlanta pulled off the semi-stunner versus New Orleans with some big-time play from Olamide Zacchaeus with two touchdowns on just three targets, so hard to chase that. The main wide receiver of note does seem to be Russell Gage after that big Tajay Sharp week. He only had one target despite uh, having that big showing the week prior. Uh, Gage is a flex with limited upside, and Cordero Patterson will continue to have plenty of targets, as will Pitts. Uh, Pitts was held in check, still managed eight PPR points. We'll continue to see more this weekly, though. Uh, tight end is very tough all around, so certainly not turning away from Pitts right now. Yeah, I, I don't know that you have to bench him, but uh, I think he's in that back end tight end one range. Certainly Atlanta's defense, or excuse me, Atlanta's offense seems to be gearing more a little bit towards the wide receivers with defenses really keying in on pits. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, really, it, it's impressive what Matt Ryan's done, right? We knew that um, historically he, it's taken him some time to get into the groove of new offenses, but it looks like even with Calvin Ridley out, uh, you know, the Falcons offense is starting to heat up a little bit. No better time than now. On the other side of the football, Dallas looked just awful until garbage time. They need to get right and get fully healthy. You should be able to play your regulars against the Atlanta defense, though. But, of course, pay attention to practice and injury reports this week. Yeah, as of right now, they don't seem too worried about um, Ezekiel Elliott, so keep an eye on him. But uh, he was able to finish out that loss against Denver, even in garbage time, so it doesn't sound like it's anything serious. Uh, and then also, the Cowboys expect Michael Gallup to start practicing this week and to be activated for this game. So I do think that this could be a, a nice bounce-back spot for Dallas, maybe uh, the calf played a little bit of a factor in Dak Prescott's slow start as well. We know that he wasn't really able to practice much um, over the last few weeks with that injury. So, yeah, I, I think as bad as they looked uh, this past Sunday, I expect the Cowboys to bounce back at home here and take down the Falcons. Yeah, two teams with uh, troubles on both sides of the football and with their overall identity. But But give me Dallas with all the weapons they have on offense. New Orleans at Tennessee, strange game with the quarterback three 
and the loss to Atlanta. Alvin Kamara stays in play, of course, and the rest depends on the quarterback. Uh, if Taysom Hill starts, he does have that weekly rushing upside, and if it's not, if it's, if it's Simeon, I don't think we can trust any of these wide receivers right now. Tennessee has been stepping up. Yeah, their defense has certainly been getting much better since that disastrous start to the season. Um, hopefully, I, I do think that Taysom Hill does have rushing upside, as you said. Um, he averaged over 50 rushing yards per game in his four starts last year, also ran four touchdowns, so we know that he can produce with his legs regardless of how bad the Saints might be uh, in the passing game. But uh, the other the other thing to note here is that Mark Ingram has been very much involved since his reunion uh, in New Orleans. And more than that, he's been getting some work as a receiver. So I do think that he's got some upside as a viable PPR flex play. Certainly the case. Great win for Tennessee without their star, Derrick Henry, and they were true to the word on not hugely changing their offense. New Orleans is a very tough defense, so I certainly can't recommend a big reliance on any of these backs out of the backfield, but Adrian Peterson does seem to be the best bet getting the goal line carries. He fell into the end zone this past week, so good for you, AP. We love you. Uh, it's certainly a three-headed monster, four if you count the quarterback, though. Uh, Brown and Julio both look good to go, though I'd like to see a bit more consistent production out of both of them. Yeah, and this is another game where it might be more of a quiet outing for A.J. Brown. Expect to see sure. Marshawn Lattimore on him, but uh, this offense is getting it done. It's not flashy. Uh, they haven't been super efficient, but uh, I think they're playing better real-life football than the fantasy uh, elite fantasy stars that we saw from Brown and Derrick Henry in prior years. But even so, uh, it's hard to root uh, against the Titans right now showing that grit even after losing Derrick Henry. Uh, I saw a tweet that Mike Vrabel might just be one of the best NFL coaches right now, if not the best, given his track record over the last few years. He's doing tremendously, and he, and he certainly uh, put on a stunner this past week against that Rams defense. Can I take a second just, just, to, just to lament? my loss of the ability to draft half Frymouth in I league, man. He, he was just swiped right from under my nose. I thought he wasn't on anybody's radar. Touchdown, looking great. Yeah, Heath Miller 2.0. <sighs> great player, great player. So uh, we both take Tennessee, yeah? Yes, sir. All right, though uh, New Orleans defense is tough. Jacksonville at Indianapolis, despite that big win for Jacksonville versus Buffalo, they managed just three field goals in the game. Carlos Hyde led the team with 21 carries and two targets and remains with very limited upside. We'll have to see what's going on with James Robinson coming into Sunday. Dan Arnold remains the best play in this past game and really the only one I, I think you can start with any reliability right now. Indy's no slouch on defense, so, so I'd do my best to avoid these wide receivers. Yeah, it's the Jaguars are quite an anomaly. Um, I, I don't know what to make of that game uh, against the Bills. Certainly credit to them and credit to Josh Allen leading the way on defense uh, for the Jags. But yeah, it, it sounds like James Robinson's expected to be back. So certainly you're starting him as an RB2. And as you mentioned, Dan Arnold is getting a lot of snaps. He's being flexed out into the slot and out wide. He's become one of their most reliable targets. I mean... Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault probably don't even really need to be rostered at this point in most 10 or 12 team leagues. I know that, you know, I was personally pretty high on Marvin Jones heading into the season. He started hot, but I don't know if his age is starting to catch up with him, but he's looking slow and just not getting much separation. And really it's become the Dan Arnold and Jamal Agnew show. I think it's got a lot more to do with Lawrence than it does Jones. Honestly, I, I, Send him to the Bears. I'd take him. <laughs> yeah, and deeper leagues, just uh, keep an eye out. Uh, John Brown did sign with Jacksonville, and we know that right. this Colts secondary is not great. I would not expect much from Brown this week, but perhaps rest of season in deeper leagues uh, worth a look. On the Indy side of the football, Taylor and Pittman are lineup locks. Indianapolis gets creative with their tight ends, but I don't think you can reliably, reliably pick between them for fantasy right now. Um, Wentz should be in solid consideration here versus Jacksonville, despite their showing this last week. Yeah, we've talked about Wentz for a few weeks on the waiver wire section, but uh, he is definitely the top option this week at quarterback. And then uh, worth noting, too, uh, T.Y. Hilton could be back for this game. He's still in concussion protocol, but that would be 
uh, something to watch for if you need a deeper flex play against this Jaguar secondary who shut down Josh Allen, but uh, not quite uh, not quite consistent just yet. Uh, I'll, I'll believe it when I see another game or two of that kind of defense. Uh, and then also Marlon Mack was a healthy scratch on Thursday night, which left a little bit more work for Naeem Hines. Now, obviously, Taylor is still the guy you want in that backfield, but Hines could be more of a PPR flex option if Mack continues to be a healthy scratch. It's risky against Jacksonville, I think, this week, though. What, what you, you think... You'd roll him out there? I mean, it depends on your other options. I don't think yeah. he's a strong play, per se. Uh, he, okay. he needed that touchdown to really yeah. produce against um, the Jets on Thursday, right? But sure. again, I, and like I said, I don't quite believe in the Jacksonville defense that we saw on Sunday until I see it another couple times. No, yeah, absolutely not. Uh, give me the Colts. Yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> I think the Colts are like the most consistently good against bad teams if that makes any sense yeah you know yeah, like they, the, they do what they're supposed to the jets knocked off the Bengals, the jaguars knocked off the bills and here come the colts to kind of uh, show the world that these teams are not for real exactly exactly we need a little bit of that every once in a while cleveland at the new england patriots it was addition by subtraction with cleveland destroying their afc north foe in the absence of odell beckham jr nick chubb was great but i do expect new england to focus on the run game here regardless i can't sit him any week he's active mayfield's going to be asked to do more this week however and donovan peoples jones could have some flexibility uh landry of course led in targets uh, with five but and i expect him to lead in targets again but jones definitely has the uh, the offensive upside out of the you know at the wide receiver position yeah, I, I like Donovan People Jones uh, as a deep threat. Uh, certainly, I liked uh, you know him in best ball in the preseason, but I don't love any of the Browns outside of Chubb uh, this week. I, I expect this one to be a pretty low-scoring slugfest. Yep. And for New England, same song and dance with the Patriots. Harris is the main play, although he did uh, have a late head injury in the game, as did Ramondre Stevenson, who looked very good this game. Uh, Myers a flex consideration, and Henry had another touchdown on three targets. Bolden and Stevenson, I think right now, make each other a bit of fantasy redundancies, but it does a lot does matter depending on who's going to clear to make it to this game. If, if both Harris and Stevenson are, are not able to play for any reason, I think Bolden's probably a pretty solid play here. Um, Myers' usage has been waning the past few weeks so i do think his upside is capped but if you were going to pick one of the receivers i, I would still take jacoby right and like i said when we were talking about the brown side of this game I, I just don't expect a whole lot of fantasy production from either side in this game uh, unless it's the kickers and the defenses um yeah. uh, but certainly it's worth keeping an eye on brandon bolden and jj taylor as well if both uh damian harris and Dam excuse me damian harris and ramondre stevenson were to both miss this game with concussions. So definitely something to keep an eye on in deeper leagues or if you're desperate for running back help. Uh, these are guys that we'll talk about on the waiver section. This may come as a surprise, but I think the Browns are a legitimately good team. And now that they've got that big distraction out of the locker room, they can show it. This is a good defense. This is a very good run, uh, running offense. And they're going to do enough to make this happen against New England. Give me, give me the Browns on the road. This is one that I really struggled with, and I'll try to catch up. Uh, I'm a game behind on you, Los. Um, I, <laughs> I, I got the Giants call correct last week, but you got the Cardinals call correct, so that was huh? a wash. I'm still one game back, and I'm hoping to make it up here. I, I'm going to take the Patriots at home. We know it, they're a lot tougher um, when they're playing in Gillette. And again, we saw two weeks ago, look, the, the Panthers aren't a, a huge opponent that – um, you know, makes the Patriots seem like world beaters, but they did take down the Chargers in LA a couple weeks ago. Uh, really made Justin Herbert look like a clueless rookie again. And I, I do think that this Browns offense is still somewhat one dimensional. Um, you know, Belichick's going to make them play a, a clean game full of short little checkdowns and three, four yard runs at a time. And I do think that Mayfield will slip up here or there. Uh, I'm going to take the Patriots in a close win. I'll admit to you, Mung, this is the one I struggled with the, with the most on the pick. So you may have me there. You may have caught me. 
Buffalo at the Jets. Uh, tough, disjointed loss for the Buffalo team to the Jaguars. I, I would think they won't look past an opponent two weeks in a row, so um, start your regulars, and I think Sanders and Beasley remain in play here. Uh, this, this, is gen this is generally a hard-edged team with a good coaching staff, so I do expect them to try and make a statement, especially within division. Well, the Bills really haven't looked like themselves for a couple weeks in a row because even though they beat the Dolphins a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, that was a struggle. Uh, their offense looked disjointed, and part of it is they've been missing the right tackle, who hopefully they should get back this week, it sounds like. Uh, Dawson Knox may also be back from that hand fracture. So I, I do think this will be a get-right game. Uh, I certainly would not be benching Josh Allen unless you somehow have, like, a Jalen Hurts or Tom Brady also. There you go. As for the Jets, um, it's hard to turn last game into much with the team without their top wide receiver, Corey Davis, um, if he still is their top wide receiver. And down to their third quarterback. Um, we're not entirely certain who's going to start at quarterback this week. Buffalo's defense is, of course, quite good. So I think you're avoiding everybody except Michael Carter if you can. Um, if Mike White is going to play, I think Michael Carter would be just fine. If it's Josh Johnson, though, I'm pretty worried about Michael Carter. Um, there, there's a big difference in injury to the quarterback, mate. Uh, Josh Johnson did basically nothing with him. Yeah, in deeper formats, Ty Johnson worth a look to uh, in garbage time against um, the Colts on Thursday night. He did get some receiving work. But, yeah, this is a game where I expect a negative game script for the Jets. But uh, worth noting, it is sounding like either Mike White or potentially even Zach Wilson could be back. Yeah. Um, so just a lot up in the air with this game. But in general, I expect some garbage time PPR for Carter and uh, Ty Johnson, but certainly, uh, you know, none of us expected Carter to have another massive game two weeks in a row, but we also didn't expect him to quite disappear like that. No, certainly not. Uh, I will take the Bills on the road. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these, like, honestly, I was thinking about this yesterday, and I, I chalk some of the weirdness of week nine up to the daylight savings time. Like, it doesn't sound like much one hour, but I feel like that just like kind of throws people off whack. Like even non-professional athletes, like, you know, going to work an hour earlier or where your body feels like you're eating an hour earlier, just weird stuff like that. So I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, counting out the Cowboys and the bills just yet after one fluky loss. And I'm going to take Buffalo as well. Oh no. E even the worst. And we'll talk to Detroit. This is called a segue, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Detroit, even when they had their worst teams, when Jim Caldwell won one game in two years, they still won a game. I mean, these are still the, the best football-playing athletes in the world. So on any given Sunday, any team can beat any team, but the probabilities are one way. That doesn't mean it always goes that way. Yeah, for sure. Detroit at Pittsburgh, uh, you hope not to rely on too many Lions players or their offense, but Swift and Hawkinson have been weekly starts. Hawkinson hasn't been what you paid up for in the draft, but I think he has as much upside as just about any other uh, tight end not named Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, I think Hawkinson's been fine. He had a, he had a couple games where he was playing hurt, and I think that affected yeah. him a little bit, but he's still, uh, he's still a top five tight end. I'd buy him if he was available, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think even with the bye uh, this past week, he's still a top five tight end on the season in fantasy. There you go. And for Pittsburgh, we certainly have to see who makes it out of Chicago healthy. But if the main plays are, of course, Harris, who's tremendous, already has a touchdown, Deontay, who's been great so far, and potentially Chase Claypool, who's got some flex upside. I'd like him to see him get a few more designed plays versus Chicago tonight uh, before leaning into him too heavily. Um, thus far tonight, we've seen him do... Um, Two catches, 26 yards. Okay, so a decent start. And we're mostly through the first quarter, just getting into the second. And Pat Frymuth, as I said earlier, has a touchdown. Been looking really good. Um, he's a he's a buy. Yeah, we've talked about Pat Frymuth for two weeks now um, on the waiver wire section about how he saw seven targets in the first game where Juju out, uh, seven targets again in the second game. And, yeah, he continues to see a big role in this offense, and he needs to be rostered. Have I missed an Ebron injury, or has he just taken over? Well, Ebron was out last week, but I think it doesn't really matter at this point. Friar Muth, right. um, you know, he's the guy at this point. Okay, good. But uh, even, for what it's worth, Ebron has home, been out though, uh, tonight and last week. The... Oh, I'm sorry, what? I said for what it's worth, Ebron has been out tonight and last week, but I, I do sure. think it's Friar Muth's job regardless once Ebron returns. 
It certainly should be. Um, Pittsburgh does play to the level of their opposition, but I think they should be able to handle the Lions. Yeah, like the Lions are due for a win at some point, and we know <laughs> that Pittsburgh's very Jekyll and Hyde, but I, I just I can't take Detroit Call on the this road. this week, man. Catch me. I'm not going to do it, but really, like, coming off the bye, uh-huh. the Lions, like, it, it feels like a game that they could take. <laughs> no, I'm going to... I couldn't s- hear you I'm over the s- sounds of all those chickens <laughs> in the background. I, I'm going to stick with Pittsburgh. <laughs> no Marty McFly for you. All right. No. Tampa Bay at Washington. Uh, the rematch of the Heineke Bowl of the 2020 playoffs. I expect it to end very similarly. Start all of your Buccaneers. Fournette's been playing great. Should be in play as a running back two versus a declined Washington defense. Yeah, I mean, you're starting everyone who's healthy, right? Yep. <laughs> On the Bucks. Yep. Um, we'll see about Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski. Brown still had the walking boot on as of Monday. Um, Gronk had the back spasms. Uh, we'll see if he's better uh, after the bye week to heal up and get to 100% here, hopefully. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you're, you're starting everybody. I guess to make it interesting, if uh, Brown and Gronk are gone, um, looking at, like, DFS-type plays, are you playing with Justin Watson or any of the back-end guys? I think Scotty Miller might actually uh, make it back off the oh, IR great. for this. So I think he would be... Um, you know, my boomer bust play where ho- you're hoping for, um, you know, you're hoping for a long touchdown. Cause I, I think, agree. I think there's value here. I agree. Yeah. On the Washington side, hopefully Antonio Gibson got some good R and R and, uh, healed that, that, uh, that, that shin bone up. Um, he needs to return strong. He, uh, if he's limited or out, or even if he plays, I think this is a decent week to start JD McKissick in the flex. Um, he, there should be plenty of opportunity for him to catch the football here. Cause I do not expect anything Washington to do to be able to, uh, keep up with Tampa Bay's offense or slow them down. Uh, McLaurin and whoever's healthy at tight end should see plenty of targets. And we know Tampa has allowed yardage to the receiving game. So uh, Logan Thomas, if he's back and healthy, looking good. If not, I think Ricky Seals Jones is a solid play. Yeah, it does sound like they're expecting Logan Thomas to be back. So I think he's an add at tight end um, if you need help at that position. But uh, really, yeah, it's McLaurin, it's Thomas. And you kind of took the words out of my mouth. I like J.D. McKissick a lot this week. Um, in a game where I expect Tampa Bay to put up a lot of points and for them to, for Washington to struggle to play catch up. And, you know, hopefully we'll see Antonio Gibson healthier for the second half of this season. But I think McKissick's going to remain involved as a receiver regardless. I agree. Uh, I'm going to take the Buccaneers here. Yeah, I think this is the, the absolute lock of the week. I would be shocked if they dropped this game coming off the bye. Absolutely. Sunday mid-afternoon names, Carolina at Arizona. Welcome back, Christian McCaffrey. He's going to be a happy addition to your lineup for every week. Chuba Hubbard got a little work, which I expect to continue. Uh, I wouldn't give McCaffrey every single carry, but I do expect him to get 90% or more of the carries. DJ Moore remains the only play in the past game. Sam Darnold, he's in trouble. Yeah, he had a shoulder injury against New England, and that might be the excuse they need to throw in P.J. Walker or somebody else because Darnold's gone full Sam Darnold. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's been a couple teams where I've had McCaffrey on the IR where I'm just trying to hold on to, you know, a 500-ish record um, all in, in hopes that he'll lead me to the playoffs once he returns. So, I told people there are only like six or seven running backs I would start over him last week, and there's probably not a single one I'd start. I would bench him for this week. Not anymore. And for Arizona, Murray and Hopkins didn't make it into this game, but that did not slow the Cardinals down whatsoever. James Conner was very, very good, extraordinary. As a matter of fact, after uh, after uh, Chase Edmonds left the game after one play, um, yeah. He looked really good, and uh, Carolina's a decent defense, but there's plenty of upside in this Arizona offense, so I think Connor's a solid enough running back, too, for right now. You know, Benjamin even looked good that game, but he's not going to have a ton of usage. Christian Kirk led the receiving game, but the early expectation is for a return for Hopkins and Green. I'm saying uh, the team should be fine against Carolina. Yeah, I'm not as optimistic as you. It still sounds very much 50-50 for both Kyler Murray 
um, and DeAndre Hopkins. So two players to monitor closely this week. Uh, AJ Green is expected to come back from the COVID list, uh, but uh, Murray and Hopkins definitely very risky still. How about uh, how about that quarterback making that happen this week though, huh? Yeah, Colton McCoy. Who who would have yeah. thought? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a testament to this Cardinals team where we've seen other teams kind of fall off. Uh, <clears throat> Green Bay <clears throat> when their quarterback is out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the the Cardinals. I, I think Cliff Kingsbury is the favorite right now for Coach of the Year through uh, yeah. through nine weeks. Bravo, he's doing well. Uh, I'm gonna take Arizona this week. Yeah, I mean, something weird would have to really happen with Sam Darnold where he all of a sudden figures it out, and I, I just don't see it, especially on the road. Yeah, not right now. Minnesota at the L.A. Chargers. This could be a very big week for Cook against the Chargers' run funnel defense. Jefferson's locked in despite the defense, although there were a number of injuries to the Chargers' uh, secondary players, so I think that is going to hinge a lot on the outcome of the game, their health heading into it. Um, Thielen saved his day with another touchdown, but he's on the bubble as a flex this week for me. Um, Conklin has been outweighing KJ Osborne as the number three option, and he has looked good with his targets. He's in play as a tight end too here. Yeah, not uh, not a whole lot else to add here. It's uh, it's the receivers and Cook, and I think Kirk Cousins has been quite quite solid. Uh, he's rostered in the vast majority of leagues, so he's never been on our on our um, waiver wire section. But I mean, he's been very underrated. He's playing great. It's just the, the team overall just continues to lose. And this was a very hard fought win for the Chargers. Not a ton of change here. Uh, Herbert Eckler, Allen and Williams are worth plays. The Williams has slowed down quite a bit. Um, you know, with his play style, with his body, he does tend to uh, get hobbled a little bit. Um, there's definitely value to be had at the tight end spot for this team. But is it Donald Parham? Is it Cook? Is it uh, is it the, is it their third tight end? My guess is on Parham, but um, tough to call. Still very tough to call. Yeah, I don't think it really matters, but I, I do want to talk about Mike Williams because I think he's a screaming buy right now. Um, if, sure. If your league mate who has him on his team is starting to worry a little bit after three straight quiet games, uh, I would throw out an offer for Williams because. The Baltimore game in week six, uh, we know he was working through that knee injury. Uh, they had the bye, and he got a little bit healthier, but then two tough matchups in a row against J.C. Jackson uh, and then Darius Slay this past week, and I, I think he's about to bounce back in a big way against the Vikings this week and then the Steelers next week. Minnesota is a, has been a, for some reason, very underrated, underappreciated team this year, um, despite putting on very strong uh, performances. Uh, I guess they're losing their games, certainly, but uh, but they're looking very strong in all of them. Um, and I think that uh, that si the injuries in the secondary are going to make a big swing in this in the look of this Chargers defense. So um, if you all you do is need to lose uh, one of your corners and Thielen or Jefferson will will just own you um, with uh, with Cook running the football the way he has been. So give me Minnesota this week. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I wouldn't take either team in a survivor pick or, you know, put no. put much money on either one because both of these teams uh, are, are choke artists, right? They, they just <laughs> they find are. they find ways to lose games that they've been in control of for the most part. Um, and like you said, I do think the the defining factor here is going to be the injuries for the Chargers on defense, as well as their inability to stop the run. I think this is going to be a big Dalvin Cook game, um, and I, I do think the Vikings will steal one on the road. Philadelphia at Denver. Uh, it seems like Jordan Howard has the lead in the backfield for the time being. Kenneth Gainwell managed all of two carries and zero targets, so he's certainly not a player to trust. Uh, Devontae Smith turned in a very surprisingly solid day, although the uh, the injuries certainly com uh, contributed to that. He remains a solid enough flex, and Goddard is a starting fantasy tight end rotation option right now. Um, a lot of questions in that Philadelphia running back uh, backfield. Um, I'd, I'd love to avoid it if possible. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think if you're desperate, uh, both Scott and Howard are seeing enough carries. Howard is probably the best option to hopefully punch in a goal line touchdown. Um, but Denver's defense also looks much better than they've played 
in past weeks after that showing against the Cowboys. So uh, certainly don't love any of the Eagles running backs this week. So all they had to do was dump that dead weight Von Miller. Yeah, right? Who would have thunk? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes that's all it takes, apparently. Uh, yes, for Denver, very nice showing for the Broncos versus Dallas. And the Philadelphia defense certainly doesn't scare you off. Uh, Tim Patrick actually led the team last week, but this is going to be a tough thing to expect week to week consistency between Judy Sutton and Patrick, who despite the play last week, I do rank in that order, Judy Sutton and Patrick. Uh, The two running backs are both flex plays, really solid day for Denver this past week. And I do expect as the season moves on, I, I, that, uh, that the rookie is going to see more and more value and more and more play. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't think we talked about it on the podcast, but I did mention it to a couple of people on Twitter a few weeks back that I had sudden as a sell in redraft and a buy in dynasty, because I think sure. the talent is there. Um, but I also think that he's going to see the tougher matchups going forward with Judy getting some slot snaps. And, you know, that's kind of what we've seen, right? Sutton's been getting the the number one cornerback. I expect Darius Slay uh, to see a lot of uh, Cortland Sutton again this week. So I actually would rank them Judy and Patrick and then Sutton because I I really think that Tim Patrick is a very underrated player. I mean, he's been playing fantastic. He's a PPR wide receiver three on the year, and, and nobody's talking about Tim Patrick, right? He's still rostered in very few leagues. And, uh, you know, in deeper formats, I, I think he's a very decent wide receiver three start, kind of like uh, how nobody was talking about Emmanuel Sanders for the first few weeks. And, you know, Tim Patrick's still right there in the mix. Totally. It's the curse of the I, I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Patrick, but it's the curse of the boring name. You know, it's uh, Bob Woods 2.0. Uh, Patrick, this is nothing new. We've seen him produce three years straight. Uh, and, and yeah, totally agree. Very, very underappreciated player. Yeah. Um. I, I honestly don't know what to think about this game. Um, yeah. I, I don't fully believe in Denver, um, but I also don't believe in the Eagles. And what that really means is I'm just going to flip a coin and land on the home team. So give me the Broncos. Yeah, I'm going to take the Broncos as well, uh, though I could see it going the other way. It just matters. It just depends on what type of Jalen Hurts we see in the fourth quarter. Seattle uh, at Green Bay. Uh, Tyler Lockett and Metcalf have certainly shown their upside, no matter who the quarterback is. Early reports is that Russell Wilson is looking like he's going to suit up, but it's hard to know with Seattle. It's very early in the week right now. So, um, see if you have better options if Wilson doesn't play, but if he does this, this could be, uh, this could be fireworks coming, uh, prior to the bye, Chris Carson's status was either done for the year or ready to play this week. So again, very hard to say, even though the first report out is that Carson is looking like he's going to play. Uh, if he doesn't, Alex Collins has been pretty limited in his effectiveness, but in a pinch, he's a start for you. If, uh, if, if Carson's out for sure. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I I think I know exactly how you feel about Alex Collins because I dropped him in our league, and you proceeded to add him, and then you dropped him a couple days later. So, uh, sure did. Pretty much the same way as I feel clearly, where he's not a must hold. Um, it, it does sound like the Seahawks expect Russell Wilson to be back this week, and they also said that they expect Chris Carson to start practicing on Wednesday, but. You know, that does not necessarily mean that either of them will be for sure active. Um, But right now, it does sound like they'll have both of those guys back. So Tyler Lockett becomes a a little bit more of a enticing play than uh, he has been in in the weeks past, although he did explode against the Jaguars. For Green Bay, the future does not look too bright in Jordan Love's hands, which I'm sure the Packers front office was very unhappy about, but I'm sure nobody was happier about the result of that Packers game than Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I expect him early on to be back, and these guys should be fine. Um, But I think, as we saw, expect a really down day anytime Love's starting um, for uh, for both the running back and and the the wide receiver situation. But if Rodgers is back, start your regulars. Uh, Can't lie. Very nice to see Green Bay struggle a bit. Yeah, this is another one where... There's a lot up in the air, right? Uh, yeah. We don't know if either starting quarterback will be back. Um, it does sound like Rodgers could be activated by Saturday, so he does have the chance to clear um, as long as he tests negative. As of right now, 
Yeah, I mean, Wilson just hasn't been able to throw. Um, you know, obviously Rodgers hasn't been able to practice either, being on the COVID list, but it's a little bit different than coming back from a finger injury on the throwing yeah. hand. Um, plus, with the Packers at home, I'm going to lean Green Bay. Yeah. Uh, that takes us into Sunday Night Football. The Kansas City Chiefs at the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, the Chiefs got the win, but they are not clicking on offense like we're accustomed to. I don't see how you sit Mahomes, Hill, or Kelsey, though, and Williams has given you enough. The NC's pass game work, so I, I can't certainly move off of them right now. Something's got to give at some point. This team's got to get back to clicking at some point. Yeah, I mean, you're obviously not sitting any of these guys, right, unless you somehow have just an absolutely stacked team uh, because, you know, it was a quiet game for Tyreek Hill against the Packers, but – at the same time, he could put up 50 points in any given week. So you're, right. you're not sitting any of these guys. Don't get too crazy. Again, unless you somehow got like a Jalen Hurts or a Brady, you know, late in your draft, even in one quarterback for some reason in leagues yeah. where, you know, league mates roster a lot of quarterbacks, something like that. Um, or unless you, you know, you lucked into Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup, right? You're, you're not benching Tyreek Hill. Um, yeah. it, it just like i said you would have to be uh you'd pretty much have to be nine and oh right if you have totally. such a good team that you're considering benching any of these chiefs despite you know they've been disappointing some weeks i'm not gonna lie but it's just the upside is so tantalizing that you simply can't mahomes has been bad the past two weeks there's no two ways about it um but but i always go back and i remember when it comes to quarterbacks there's been three separate occurrences over the past 10 years uh, actually really over the past 12 years where where we've deemed tom brady's fantasy career to be completely over well we see that not to be the case don't lose faith no and i will say you know I, i'm really sad because we saw um, you know, they started getting CEH going a little bit and then he got yeah. hurt and, uh, you know, I was super high on him coming into the season and I just don't yeah. think it's going to happen at this point. And part of the reason is because the offensive line, which they spent so much money on this off season, just doesn't look like it's, it's working. Right. And exactly. you know, that's impacting both the run game and the pass game. We're starting to see Mahomes get a little jittery, uh, a little bit of Sam Darnold coming out, um, on certain plays where he just doesn't trust that he has enough time. <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, I mean, look, uh, again, you're not dropping these guys, you're not benching them, but uh, it's certainly, uh, you know, limiting your expectations a little bit. Ride the wave. Surfing's fun sometimes. All right. Yeah, on the Raiders side, I, ex I do expect this game overall to be a bit lower scoring. Uh, Jacob should be a running back, too. And, and Kenyon Drake does have flex upside with another week this past week of some consistent use, albeit just 12 opportunities. But 12 opportunities with the Raiders is is worth something actually uh darren waller's back in action and the outside wide receivers take a seat back seat back sorry and uh, hunter renfro remains the most consistent wide receiver play uh edwards could benefit from the loss of henry ruggs but it is looking like they're getting assigned to sean jackson um i expect him to to go to it he he forced his way off the rams who i don't know why you would do at this stage in your career if you care about winning but hey good on him he wanted more play time uh, i don't see him going to a team that uh didn't tell him up front, yeah, you're going to get plenty of playtime. So we'll see. Oh, man. I think I got to go with the Raiders at home. Uh, oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. Look, the, the, look the, the Chiefs aren't like a bottom-of-the-barrel team, but their oh. offense has been mediocre, and their defense is certainly bottom five, and – I just think that we see a heavy dose of Josh Jacobs. We saw that formula when they upset them last year when the Chiefs yep. were really, really good. And I just, I mean, the Chiefs almost lost at home to the Giants on Monday night a couple of weeks ago. And I just, sure I, I cannot take them on the road in Vegas. Yeah, it, uh, if I lose picking the Chiefs, it's something I can be, it's something I can go to sleep okay as, uh, okay with, so give me the Chiefs. Yeah, and maybe, you know, maybe I look super wrong and this is a get-right game for Mahomes, but we just haven't seen it yet this year. 
You're, hey, you, you know I know it better than most. Uh, Monday night football, L.A. Rams at the San Francisco 49ers. Very tough game for the Rams, but as we've talked about, that'll happen in any given week. Should be a very nice bounce-back week for Stafford and company. Tyler Higby's been solid despite no big blow-up games yet. He's the tight end 13 on the year. Only nine points separate him from being the tight end eight, which this is not an endorsement by any means, but he hasn't been hurting you as much as it feels like. Yeah, this is another uh, another weird one where I think, you know, on paper, this should be big games for Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, but also the Niners just have a ton of defensive pass interference calls. So it could be a fairly quiet night where they just, you know, drag these guys down before they can yeah. actually, um, you know, make those catches. But uh, certainly, you know, I, I like this as a, a bounce back spot for the Rams. The, the 49ers defense looks to be in a bit of trouble. Kittle returned and was targeted heavily. Nice game for him. Uh, Mitchell, again, firmly led the backfield with Hasty backing up. But with Wilson Jr. possibly returning soon, we, we never know exactly what Shanahan's going to do with this backfield. Ayuk saw a target rise. He's been solid the past couple of weeks. So uh, maybe maybe that improvement in practice and everything the team's been saying on him is going to stick. Maybe he's uh, going to give you a little more value from week to week. Uh, the Rams are a very tough defense. I think I'd avoid chasing it this week, although, uh, well, Jalen Ramsey again showed he's not really uh, he's not really shadowing anybody. So I think we can just expect a little bit down week for uh, for Debo and Ayuk. Yeah, and I, you know I was a little bit down on Eli Mitchell, but he played well even through that rib injury. And um, yeah, I, this is look, this is another one where I would stay away from with like survivor pools and such with the divisional matchup because. You know, the Niners lost to the Cardinals, but they played them really tough uh, a few weeks right. back, right? And, you know, Monday night primetime uh, in San Francisco. I I'm going to take the Rams here, but, uh, you know, this is another game where crazy things could happen. I agree. I'll take the Rams, but those NFC West games are always very, very hard-fought showdowns. And then there's four teams on by this week. Chicago, after they finish their game tonight, so uh, don't start if you were. Justin Fields, David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, Darnell Mooney, Allen Robinson, or Cole Komet. That'd be if to, but they'd be like a 20-team league where you're seeing his name thrown around. Cincinnati, of course, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, and the trio of wide receivers, Chase Higgins and Boyd, and C.J. Uzuma, who's been pretty good. Uh, the New York Giants, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Devontae Bookler, Booker, and their litany of wide receivers, Tony Galladay, Shepard, and Ingram. Um, and, of course, Houston, Davis Mills, Terod Taylor, David Johnson, Burkhead, Cooks, Nico Collins, Jordan Akins, Brevin Jordan. The list goes on and on of guys that shouldn't be on your roster. Yep, and then, uh, of course, with some COVID news, we've got Aaron Rodgers, who can uh, potentially clear COVID protocol by Saturday, a day before their game. So as long as he tests negative, uh, Rodgers could return this week, but might be best to have a backup in place as we simply won't know until the weekend. And then also we've got Noah Fant and A.J. Green. Both of them are expected to return, but just monitor their status um, over the next few days. And then leading into our quarterback injuries uh also we'll stick with the cardinals here kyler murray with that ankle sprain he remains questionable again it sounds like there's a chance he could return but it's possible that even once he's back he might have some limited mobility which could reduce his rushing upside for fantasy uh, we saw murray's shoulder injury limit his production over the second half of last season so there is some risk here of a repeat of his arc in 2020 um, Murray's a potential sell candidate, depending on what you can get in return and how many quarterbacks are available on the waiver wire in your league. Of course, we've got Tua Tungavailoa with the finger fracture. He's questionable. Uh, the fracture is in his throwing hand, the left hand, but Miami sounds optimistic that he could be back this week. Uh, still, um, you know, it's, it's an earlier game than usual with them playing on Thursday, so that might throw a wrench into the works. Definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, over the next few days here. Zach Wilson with that PCL sprain. Uh, he's been out for a few weeks, but does have a chance to return, monitor his practice status over the next few days. And if he is not able to, it does sound like Mike White's injury was fairly minor. So it's going to be either Wilson or White uh, would not add Josh Johnson unless it's in a very deep two quarterback league. 
And then finally, Russell Wilson with the finger fracture and the ligament tear. Uh, he is probable as of right now. They did designate him to return. It sounds like Seattle is planning to have him back this week, but we all know that sometimes setbacks occur, and maybe he just doesn't have quite the grip he, does, he wants on the ball just yet in practice, so definitely continue to monitor his status this week. Plenty of running backs, as always, at this point in the season. Ezekiel Elliott with a knee contusion is probable. Elliott was playing late in the blowout loss to Denver. Uh, unless he suffers a setback or experiences unexpected swelling, it sounds like it was a minor injury. Even if he sits out of practice early this week, it sounds like there's a good chance he'll play. Chase Edmonds is out with a high ankle sprain. Edmonds sprained his ankle right after the game started, leading to a heavy dose of James Conner versus San Francisco on Sunday. Edmonds is likely to be placed on the IR and miss around four to six weeks. Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, both with concussions, questionable. Every player goes through concussion protocol at their own rate. Keep an eye on the situation closely, as it will greatly affect how touches are split, depending on whether one or both of them are out this week. Zach Moss, also with a concussion, questionable. Same as what goes for Harris and Stevenson. Keep an eye on his return to practice this week. James Robin is probable with his heel injury. Robinson injured his heel running into a cart on the sideline two weeks ago. It sounds like he was close to playing versus Buffalo. Keep an eye on his status, but Jacksonville expects him to be back this week. Saquon Barkley, ankle sprain. He's on by. He had a false positive COVID test last week, but that might have been a blessing in disguise, giving him two extra weeks to get to 100% for the second half of the season. He should be back week 11. Latavius Murray with an ankle sprain. He's questionable. Murray's been sidelined for a few weeks. He still was not practicing at all last week, so check on his status later this week. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Questionable with an MCL sprain. CEH is eligible to return, but monitor whether he practices over the next few days. Kareem Hunt on IR with a calf injury. He's eligible to return, but we'll see if he can get any work in later this week. Chris Carson on IR with a neck condition. Carson is eligible to return from the IR, and it sounds like Seattle expects him to return to practice on Wednesday. Monitor his practice status to see what kind of work he's getting this week. And Miles Sanders on the IR with the ankle injury. He's eligible to return in week 11. At wide receiver, of course, we have DeAndre Hopkins with a hamstring strain. He is questionable. Again, these hamstring injuries are tricky, and with January undoubtedly the priority for Arizona right now, we'll see about Hopkins' practice status later this week. Corey Davis with a hip injury, he is probable. It sounds like Davis would have had a chance to play this past week had the Jets not been playing on Thursday, so monitor his practice participation, but the odds are good that Davis will be back. Antonio Brown with his ankle injury is questionable. It sounds like Brown's getting there, but he was still in a walking boot as of Monday, so check on his status over the next few days. T.Y. Hilton in concussion protocol is questionable. Again, player Players go through concussion protocol at their own pace, so we'll see if Hilton can get some limited practice in by midweek. Michael Gallup with a calf injury. He is probable. Uh, he was designated to return a couple weeks ago, and it sounds like the Cowboys are ready to activate him this week uh, and try and bounce back from that humility, humiliating blowout loss to Denver. Sterling Shepard with a quad injury. He is on bye. Uh, the Giants head into the bye with a win, so we'll see if Shepard's ready to return to practice in a couple of weeks when they come off the bye. Will Fuller with the broken finger, still on IR. He is eligible to return, but he's already been ruled out for the Thursday night game, so check back in on him next week. And then finally, if you missed it last week, uh, the news did come out that Michael Thomas is officially done for the year with his ankle injuries. So uh, again, in case you missed it, he's droppable in all redraft formats. As for the tight ends, Dawson Knox with a hand fracture is questionable. Knox fractured his hand versus Tennessee in week six. Monitor his practice status this week as there's a fair chance he could return and help Buffalo's offense get back on track. Rob Gronkowski with the back spasms is questionable. He's dealt with back issues throughout his career, but Tampa Bay's bye came at the perfect time for him. Monitor his practice participation later in this week. Logan Thomas with a hamstring strain on the IR. He's eligible to return. Check his practice status later this week to see if Washington's going to activate him. But it sounds like they're optimistic he'll be back. And then Blake Jarwin on IR with a hip injury. He's eligible to return week 12. He was not producing much anyway, but his absence solidifies uh, Schultz's role even further making him a reliable tight end one due to target volume. And that brings us into our waiver wire ads for this week, uh, kicking it off at quarterback with Carson Wentz, who we talked about a little bit. 
Wentz has thrown for multiple touchdowns in every game now, dating back to week four. And while the Jaguars shut down Buffalo's offense, that's more of the exception than the rule for them. Jacksonville is still top 10 in fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. And this past week was the first time all season that they didn't allow a touchdown to the opposing quarterback. Taysom Hill, who we discussed a little bit, the Titans defense started slow, but they've stiffened up over the last few weeks. Trevor Simeon got the start against Atlanta, but the offense was pretty lethargic. If Taysom Hill were to be named the starter, he is rushing upside for fantasy purposes as he averaged 53 rushing yards per game last year in his four starts and also ran in four touchdowns on the ground. He's more of a rest of season ad than for this week, but again, uh, some upside against the Titans as well due to his ability to run. And finally, Trevor Lawrence. The Colts secondary continues to struggle having allowed just just allowed, excuse me, 300 yards and three touchdowns to Josh Johnson on Thursday night. A lot of that came in garbage time, but that doesn't really matter for fantasy GMs. Jacksonville's defense is unlikely to repeat what they did to Buffalo uh, and expect Indianapolis to score on them and Trevor Lawrence to need to throw. And that takes us into some running backs who have some opportunity given the injuries this week. Devin Singletary in Buffalo. If Zach Moss were to miss this week with the concussion, Singletary would have immense upside versus a Jets defense that just allowed a combined 250 rushing yards and three touchdowns to Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines. Singletary got plenty of pass game work this past week. Brandon Bolden and J.J. Taylor in New England. Cleveland has now given up three rushing touchdowns over the past two weeks. If Harris and Stevenson were to both miss this week, Bolden and Taylor would become touchdown to and flex plays. Naeem Hines with Marlon Mack, a healthy scratch. Hines logged six carries and four receptions in the blowout win over the Jets. He won't get to face the Jets every week, but if Mack remains inactive going forward, Hines will go back to being the boomer bust PPR flex he was last season. Tony Pollard, Dallas's offense imploded in the blowout loss to Denver, but they should bounce back versus Atlanta and Kansas City over the next two games. Zeke Elliott's knee injury is not expected to be serious or keep him out this week versus Atlanta, but you never know. Pollard remains a standalone flex with massive upside if Elliott were to suffer a setback this week or miss any time rest of the season. Kenyon Drake. Drake continues to see high target volume as the receiving back, even with Josh Jacobs getting more involved as a pass catcher. Drake is a viable PPR flex, especially if this week's game versus Kansas City turns into a shootout. J.D. McKissick. McKissick continues to see a lot of receiving usage in Washington's backfield. We'll see if Gibson regains more touches coming out of the bye this week, but McKissick should remain a usable PPR flex with upside, considering how much they'll likely need to throw versus an efficient Tampa Bay offense and a tough Tampa run defense. Mark Ingram, again now with New Orleans. Ingram saw six carries and two targets in his first game back with New Orleans, and his role continued to grow versus Atlanta. As we discussed on last week's podcast, he's a PPR flex play with some weekly upside, though Kamara continues to see the high-volume touches in the Saints' offense. Devontae Freeman and Le'Veon Bell. If Latavius Murray remains out this week, both Freeman and Bell are serviceable flex options with touchdown upside versus Miami, a run defense that's already given up eight rushing touchdowns to opposing running backs through nine weeks. Eno Benjamin. With James Conner, the primary beneficiary of Chase Edmonds' absence, Eno Benjamin has some upside as the number two for now in an Arizona offense that continues to be efficient in the red zone. He's also a Conner injury away from a potential workhorse role for the next few weeks. <laughs> and Jordan Howard in Boston, Scott. We discussed the running backs last week and how it would be foolish to expect two touchdowns apiece for them again. But Howard came through with 71 yards and a touchdown. Uh, this remains a full-blown committee backfield in Philly, and Denver's defense looks revitalized after this week. But if you're desperate, both are touchdown-dependent running back fours. And at wide receiver, getting sick of talking about Cole Beasley and Hunter Renfro. Um, you know, Beasley continues to be a somewhat boomer bust play, but has double-digit target upside any given week. And Hunter Renfro is the model of consistency as a PPR wide receiver three with just one week where he scored less than 10 fantasy points. His target share should be even more secure now with Henry Ruggs sadly off the team. Rashad Bateman. The rookie is slowly becoming a more trusted pass catcher for Lamar Jackson in crucial situations. Bateman's target share remains iffy with Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews heavily involved, but his role could continue to grow over the second half of the year as he adjusts to the NFL. Bateman also has wide receiver two upside if Brown were to miss any time. Another rookie here, Elijah Moore, who finally broke out on Thursday night. 
Likewise, he was highly touted preseason, and he's finally starting to see more usage. Moore's target share is iffy with Corey Davis expected back this week, but for winning teams looking ahead to the fantasy playoffs, Moore is a pure upside add. T.Y. Hilton. Jacksonville surprisingly shut down Buffalo's offense in the upset, but their secondary has major issues and has top 10 in fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receivers. Hilton should see plenty of targets if he is able to return this week. Tim Patrick, the underrated Tim Patrick, with Darius Slay on Mike Williams this past week, Keenan Allen led the team with 13 targets. If Slay sticks to Sutton this week, expect Judy and Patrick to be the beneficiaries. Patrick has done nothing but produce despite not having much name value in fantasy, and he's rostered in far less than 50% of leagues despite being the PPR wide receiver 29 on the year. Olamide Zacchaeus and Russell Gage. Dallas's defense looked awful against Denver on Sunday, and if Atlanta can't stop Dak Prescott and company, this game could turn into a shootout. Zacchaeus and Gage are both boomer bust wide receiver fours, but they have upside again this week. And finally, Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard. Neither Packers wide receiver did much with Jordan Love against Kansas City, but once Aaron Rodgers returns, whether that's this week or next, Cobb and Lazard each have rest of season flex upside with Tunyon out for the year. And the tight ends. Uh, we'll again start with Dawson Knox. Knox is rostered in the majority of leagues, but he's been dropped in quite a few. Uh, we talked about beating the rush and adding him for free last week, but he's still worth a pickup if available. Pat Fryermuth. We've talked about Fryermuth for weeks now, and he's seen seven targets in each of the last two games since Juju was injured. Uh, we'll see how he does tonight versus Chicago uh, in the second half. Already has a touchdown in the first. He should continue seeing decent target volume with Juju out for the year. Could be a bit of a bidding war coming with uh, with him playing well in primetime now. Uh, people get some eyes on him. Tyler Conklin. We discussed Conklin last week about how poorly Baltimore's defense has played versus opposing tight ends, and now he gets a Chargers defense that allows the third most fantasy points to opposing tight ends this week. Dan Arnold. We talked about Arnold last week as well. He's now seen 10 targets and seven targets in Jacksonville's two games since their bye. He's become a, uh, uh, becoming a bigger piece in the passing offense and gets an Indianapolis defense that's already allowed six touchdowns to tight ends this year. And Logan Thomas. Thomas has been dropped in a ton of leagues since he hit the IR, but Washington's offense desperately needs another playmaker to, to, behind Terry McLaurin. He should immediately step back into the number two target slot if he's active this week. And at defense, uh, we've got Tennessee here. Uh, still hard to judge whether the Titans are quite for real, but certainly uh, they have proven that they are definitely a playoff contender. They've accumulated 10 sacks and eight turnovers over the last three weeks. So whether it's Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon under center, the Saints offense is hardly a powerhouse and should uh, offer up some opportunities for the Titans defense here. Cleveland, the Patriots are starting to heat up, but so is Cleveland. Miles Garrett will look to get after the rookie Mac Jones as the Browns have locked, logged multiple sacks in every game dating back to week three. The Denver Broncos. Denver rallied after trading away Von Miller seemingly out of spite at all the sports media discussing the defense's demise prematurely. And even after knocking off Dallas, it's hard to trust Denver, but at least they haven't given up. The Eagles are tough, but defenses are thin this week. And finally, Carolina's defense. If Kyler Murray is out again, Carolina should be able to get to Colt McCoy more than San Francisco was with their D-line. And even with Darnold and the offense struggling in recent weeks, the Panthers' defense has kept them in the game in games for the most part. Quick uh, a game update here. Uh, we are at halftime in the Monday night game. I'm still down about eight points to Super uh. Producer Dan, so going to need a pick six or something from the Steelers in the second half. We'll see what happens. Uh, certainly going to be a close one that comes right down to the wire. And uh, we are officially past the halfway point of the 2021 NFL season. So uh, a lot has already happened. Uh, you know, the teams like the Titans seem to have turned a corner. You know, week three, week four, it already feels like we've played two different seasons for some of these teams. And uh, it could feel that way, too, for some of the fantasy teams. Those who lost Derrick Henry. And on the flip side of the coin, those who are getting Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley back soon. Uh, still a lot of games to be played, even if you're, you know, under 500 not looking great so far. You never know. 
Uh, pick up some of these waiver wire ads. Uh, it's not time to give up just yet. Uh, very few teams are mathematically eliminated from the fantasy playoffs at this point. Plenty of hope left and uh, throw some trades out there. We talked about some buy lows, some sell highs, and uh, just don't give up. It's been a crazy couple of weeks in the NFL, but uh, again, a lot of games left to be played. So if you guys have more specific questions regarding your team or league, we're happy to reply on Twitter. You can find me at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And you can find me at FFA underscore Los. That's L-O-S. You can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you're listening, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. It's a fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts. Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Offer deadline on Oak Street, mile three. Welcome to the housing market. I'm with Redfin, and I'm here to help. I need to sell my house. Great. Redfin charges a 1% listing fee when you buy and sell with us, which is more than half off the usual fee and saves you an average of $8,400. Oh, wow. Is that all? Uh, yep. I'm kidding. You had me at 1%. Want to win? Sell with Redfin. It's real estate done right. Bidding war at the offer's counter in five minutes. Average savings is Redfin refund plus 1% listing fee. Subject to minimums. Not available in all areas. Learn more at redfin.com. Hurry in to Mattress Firm's July 4th sale. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchase, up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save $500 on all Tempur-Breeze mattresses and get a $300 instant gift good towards sleep accessories. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery.